Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, guys, to episode number 34 of the Followers of the Force podcast. We are finally here with everyone on the show, and I'm really, really excited to talk about pretty much anything and everything uh, concerning Star Wars tonight. Uh, my name is David Triana, and we're here with Jason Williams, and for the first time ever, Gwendy <laughs> Ren. How are you, and welcome to your first episode on the podcast. Hello. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. And how are you doing, Jason? I'm doing good. I'm glad all three of us are are here. I am very excited because when I spoke to Gwendy for the first time, my mind was blown. I didn't know how much I didn't know about Star Wars. And I'm very excited <laughs> uh, to get into some of that today. Um, well, I do, have a lot of, I do have a lot of weaknesses, though. And one of them is in the animation because I've never watched the animated series. Mm-hmm. But one of my strengths is in meta-analysis of film and uh, and mythopoetic um, archetypes carl jung the psychology of uh, visual and thematic you know the visual themes the cinematic cinematic themes that's kind of where i where i shine mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to other areas so i'll try and keep up in the other areas <laughs> no worries <laughs> no worries uh one thing we're gonna try and do on the show uh pretty soon is since Gwenny hasn't seen any of the animated shows we're probably going to do a little rewatch of the Clone Wars, especially with the news that we're getting a new season. Uh, so that'll be really fun. Um, <laughs> but the first thing we're going to talk about today, uh, and again, not, not a lot of news coming out of uh, the Star Wars world in the last few days, uh, but we now know that J.J. will be using unused footage from The Last Jedi as well as unused footage from The Force Awakens for Carrie Fisher's uh, role in Episode Nine, um, I'm really excited about that just because I it, it makes me feel like they really have a uh, a good feeling about doing that. And since they're not relying on you know trying to do the CGI thing or completely writing her out of the story, um, it, it seems to me like they have uh, they they have a really good um, grasp and and they feel like the way the script is written that it's going to work really well. Um, Gwendy, since since you haven't uh, been on the show yet, what are your feelings about uh, Carrie Fisher once again being Leia in Episode Nine as her uh, real final send off uh, for the character? 
Honestly, I believe this is the only way it could have gone. And this is the reason Trevor left. It's because J.J. knew what he was filming and how to use it and could incorporate it into a story better than Trevor, who wasn't there on set. And uh, so I don't think he had the best ideas of how to incorporate the old footage into the new. And a lot of people, they believe that, I've seen that a lot of people say, oh, well, they, she's going to be in her old uniform. She's going to be talking. It's going to be obvious that Dakar is behind her. And they, they never said they weren't going to CGI <laughs> Leia's outfit, her hair, her background. Mm-hmm. They just said they wouldn't CGI her. Right. So um, her face and her, her, um, her voice will be there. But everything else can be colored in. Well, that, I mean, for, for the Christopher Lee fighting in um, episode two and three, yeah. they CGI'd his head on the Absolutely. guy fighting the guy you know in the, in the lightsaber fight so there's no reason mm-hmm. that they couldn't you know get some sort of body double to do the walking around and then just put carrie's head and i mean and, and they, that's oh, how they absolutely. did absolutely and they, they they did that i think for oh who was he i think it was uh, oliver reed and gladiator i think he died during production and they i think they did something similar to that yeah i i I feel good about it too. I'm, I I feel good about them using less Jedi stuff too. I, you know, the more the merrier. And I think right. probably if you take both, you can probably hammer out more of a of a story or you know a beginning, middle, and end story for her. Um. So yeah, I, 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 yeah, I had a I had a point. Sorry. I, I think going no, 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 back <laughs> going back to the footage from Force Awakens seems like a better idea than using the footage from the Last Jedi because her um, her style was different. It was more hopeful, mm-hmm. and the theme one of the main themes of Star Wars is hope. And uh, she was broken at the end of the Last Jedi, but yeah. the rebirth, which is the common theme within the Last Jedi of the Resistance into the Rebellion. And how it was reborn means that her hope is reborn. And so the way that she was broken, the way it sounded, how how bleak everything was, that kind of footage wouldn't be usable. But the footage used in The Force Awakens when she's so feisty, when she's still <laughs> when she's right. still, you know, hollering at Han, <laughs> when she's demanding her son back, that kind of stuff, that will be very useful and will kind of give you an idea of where they're going in the next movie. This is not a bleak third chapter. This is going to be a hopeful third chapter. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's the one thing that um, and I know we spoke about this uh, a little while ago um, mm-hmm. kind of talking about how episode 9 will uh, how it's going to be crafted because I remember telling you that I kind of felt like after The Last Jedi it was the one time where I was like, man, I don't know where they're going to go from here. Um, That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I couldn't say that, oh, it's the third chapter. Well, it's going to go kind of how Return of the Jedi went. It's going to be <laughs> like a few years down the future. It's going to be Rey yeah. as kind of this seasoned Jedi Knight and all this stuff. But I'm like, man, I really I really don't know. And I think that's what's most exciting um, right. about and episode you know nine. Well, this you is, know what this that is, means? That means that Ryan Johnson did his job. Absolutely. <laughs> I totally agree with that. And this is the first movie, this is the first time since, um, probably since Star Wars, where you really have no idea what's going to happen next. I mean, you knew after Empire that they were going after Han Solo. Um, you thought it was over after Jedi, so that doesn't really count. But the prequels, 
the end game was always Anakin becoming Vader. Right. And even after The Force Awakens, you're like, well, you know, Ray's there on the planet with Luke. Mm-hmm. So clearly, so you kind of had an inkling of, and actually part of the problem with all the people who are upset about The Last Jedi is they, they saw the last scene with Ray and Luke and they wrote their own episode right. eight and then when it wasn't, it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. Right. So, and they were bringing back their, they were projecting their own, you know, ideologies and influences into their theories. Right. Yeah. And so, but for, like, I remember walking out of The Force Awakens and, be, and not The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi and going, what are they, do, what do they do now? Like, <laughs> what, you know, like, this is the, it, I mean, it was, this was like, it felt a lot like it was, The Last Jedi was like episode eight and a half. Yeah. Like, it was like, there was so much. And so, I mean, there's some things you think are going to happen in this one. There's probably going to be another confrontation between Ray and Kylo. There's, you know, they're, they're going to rebuild Oh, they're still the... stuck at the hip, you know, metaphorically, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, so. there's, there's going to be, you know, another big all-out final battle between the First Order and, and the Rebellion or the Resistance. Or are they? I mean, are they officially now the Rebellion or are they still the Resistance or does I think, it? I think they're the Rebellion now because the First yeah, Order the... has been legitimized. Yeah, so they're the rebel. So yeah, so so you know those things, those sort of broad things are going to happen, mm-hmm. but there's no like, it would be it would be hard to watch the end of the Last Jedi and go, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah. And well, I think I, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. go ahead. Um, I just have some ideas at the end when you're finished. That's it. <laughs> no, no, no. I I'm not saying we can't speculate, but just sort of like. But like at the end of, like I said, at the end of Force Awakens, you knew Luke was going to, tra- you you were pretty sure Luke was going to train Rey, and that that was going to be a big part of the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have anything like that after Last Jedi, other than they're probably going to rebuild the rebellion, and you know that's about it. There's no real sort of concrete breadcrumbs to follow to the next movie, so there that's are, exciting. There are some. There there's some thematic. And mythopoetic breadcrumbs that you can travel to, but um, using using the visual storytelling, that's already been done. The return of the Jedi elements, like going into the throne room, the elevator scene, the Ray giving her herself up voluntarily, going to you know the dark you know entity to try and talk him out of it. All of that's there. It's been mm-hmm. done. It's done now. But the theme, the theme is still there, and. Um, and we'll get into that later, but <laughs> but Ryan Johnson essentially did his job. He got us still talking about it six months later. They yeah. picked someone. Per- they picked someone perfectly unflappable because I'm pretty sure they knew that this would cause an explosion in the fandom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 and indeed, it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it, it took it yeah. took chances. I mean, there was no. I mean, I love The Force Awakens, but it's it didn't it, really take any huge swings it was like it was is a pretty safe movie um i think the biggest thing that they did was killing off han solo mm-hmm. but if you've followed any of it at all harrison ford wanted han solo killed in 1983 so i didn't i never imagine there was going to be a world where han solo was alive and well at the beginning of episode eight yeah. yeah, and Harrison so, Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford already said that he wanted his death to be a sacrifice for something greater than himself. Right. And um, and what better sacrifice than for his family? He completed his arc from smuggler to general to husband to shitty dad. I'm sorry, crappy dad. No, no, no you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> to to coming back and tying all together and being a good dad. 
But, you know, and they in the in the novel, they explain later that as he died, he well, he forgave his son. That's why they show the whole scene with him touching his son's cheek and his son accepted it. Any real Darksider would not have accepted it, would have kicked him off of the ledge, you know, stomped on his body a few times before he did it. <laughs> you know? But it was a really sad, poignant scene. And so um, it was to show, really, that there's more to the story. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not a complete fall to the dark side, if right. you will. It was right. a sacrifice that Han made that completed his arc. And he said in the, in the book, I, you know, he had forgiven his son, and he hoped in the end that his son would forgive him too, which tells me that they are slowly unpeeling the onion as to who is Kylo Ren. We are not done learning about Kylo Ren's past, about Kylo Ren's history. Mm-hmm. No, because I, I was actually thinking about this today, um, that the only, you know, the, the, there was something that David and I talked about, about how to fix Star Wars, and the guy that was talking about it was talking about making movies that happened between The Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi. And for me, the only stories I would want to see would be the Ben Solo, Luke Skywalker stories. and that it's relation- Skywalker's. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but but you know what what their relationship was like when it was good, how it turned bad. What what did Ben do to put Luke in that hut that fateful night? Something bad had to have happened. You know? Well, he sensed the dark side, and what he was really sensing, and in the novels they explain it really good, and they allude to it in the film. But Ben, like at one point. Leia, canonically, she was, you know, her fetus began to throw himself back, like, arched back in pain, like in the same position that Ray was in, in the throne room. Oh, really? Yes. See, I need to read. I don't read. (laughs) Uh, He was torturing Ben from the womb. And Ben was always trying to say, (laughs) there's this... There's this evil man. He's a dark man. He's in my head. And this, this man is whispering to him, your family is going to betray you. Your father is going to betray you. Your uncle's going to betray you. And he'd be like, no, stop. They're not going to betray me. But he lasted until age 23. But through all of this, Leia sensed it. Luke sensed it. There was a dark side. That dark side was the possession inside of Ben's mind of, um, of Snoke. Snoke was targeting Ben from before birth. So instead of listening, instead of listening to Ben, they judged him before he did anything and essentially created their own fate, similar to what Anakin did. Mm -hmm. He saw visions and the visions came true because of what they did, of his fear of the visions. Well, Luke, Luke gave into his fear when he saw dark darkness within Ben. He never thought he never stopped to think, well, maybe there is a demon possessing him. (laughs) <laughs> and um, so he just he just like everybody else judged Ben before he did anything wrong and in so doing created the situation with which Ben became everything that they feared he would become yeah and and that's that's what uh what Ray blatantly tells Luke in the last Jedi you know you you thought his yes! choice was already made uh, right. and obviously it wasn't um, Leia thought the same thing yeah. and it broke his heart actually you know what I have a feeling that Han was the only one that didn't think that way and that's probably why it was more poignant and sad when when Kylo you know, killed Han mm-hmm. was that Han, 
because they show in the books that Kylo spends his days as a young child chase, holding on the dice, playing with the dice that they're making very prominent in the yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, chasing after his father, and all he wanted to become was a fight uh, a pilot like his dad. He didn't want the Force. He didn't want to become a Jedi. And canonically, Leia even said that that Ben was not interested in power because the high houses of uh, the galaxy, whatever, how they're called. Um, Leia was discussing, you know, the high houses and how her heir was Ben Solo. And Leia said that, you know, my son would not be interested because he's never shown an interest in power in anything like that. So Mm -hmm. everything that Ben's going through is stuff that he never would have chosen for himself. He would have chosen a life of being a pilot like his dad. Which Man. is really sad. Yeah. <laughs> and and that that kind of uh gives new light to the uh to the interrogation scene with Poe. I wonder if there's like a lot of uh, <laughs> resentment yeah. there in that scene now like, you know, looking, using the force and pushing back, his head back and all this stuff. <laughs> looking back, you know, he's like I never knew we had the best pilot in the resistance on board. Yeah. And he's, you know, if you look at everything that Ben says, especially in Force Awakens, everything is snark, just yeah. like his dad. But his snark has more of a malicious, kind of angry tone right. to it. Right. But it's snarky. And the snark that he shows Poe almost seems like, you may be the best pilot in the Resistance, but I am the best pilot in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there is a little bit of a rivalry between the two. Mm-hmm. That's another relationship I'd like to see. You yeah, know, I really the Poe. I mean, yeah. Poe and and Kylo had to have known each other before, you know, the before most he, likely, unless yeah. he was sent off to Luke. Ben was very young, right? Uh, which what it sounds like around ten ish, he was sent off. Yeah, because you would assume like, I think canonically, Ben is like early thirties, like thirty. He's twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So twenty nine, you would figure Poe's probably around the same age. Uh, He's thirty three. Thirty three. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think they could have. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they look. He's such a big presence in Leia's life. He has to have bumped into him at some point, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not sure that that Poe knows Kylo is Ben. Oh really? Yeah, he never mentions it. And in the Last Jedi, he even says, "Oh look, it's Kylo Ren." He never states. You know, he never looks awkwardly at Leia. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure that they never quite lay that out mm-hmm. as to because because yeah, uh, not not many people know that Ben Solo is Kylo Ren. The last time the galaxy saw Ben Solo, he was off with Luke. Now, is it wasn't it a big thing again? If my weakness here is I don't read, but I did hear that in the <laughs> Bloodline novel, mm-hmm. one of the big plot points is that everyone finds out that. Vader was is Leia's father. Yes. And apparently that was not a very widely held uh, thing that yeah. people knew. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that could also be an issue with her not you know, being the daughter of a mass murdering psychopath and the mother of a mass murdering right. psychopath is not the best place to be, I guess. And you know what's interesting is that Ben grew up his entire life not understanding his connection to the Force. He grew up thinking he was the grandson of Bail Organa. And that actually is interesting because it, it informs us as to why he hates Fox so much for wanting to blow up planets. 
Um, mm. Because he's he's a he's not a planet blower upper, <laughs> because he grew up a prince of Alderaan. And it wasn't until the age 23 that Ben found out that, um, that with rest of the galaxy, that, um, that uh, Darth Vader was his grandfather. And in the books, Leia writes a secret message trying to explain herself to, to Ben. And we never know if Ben gets it. All we know is that Leia was tearful and crying Mm-hmm. But mm. they don't ever explain what the message says. So that's something they could explore in the next movie or in some books. That would be great. And I think that's that would be some much-needed information to give more context um, as to, uh, you know, what... Because if I remember right, in the Bloodline novel, um, during that mm-hmm. time, Ben is with Luke, right? I think I he's think with Luke the entire right. time. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, and that book I think takes place, but of like six six years before the Force. Six Avengers. years. Mm-hmm. He's Ben is twenty three, mm-hmm. and Ben still is off with Luke, according to Leia. Okay. So that means that the flashback scene where where Ben defends himself would be around the age of twenty three. Okay. So bloodline happens pretty close to the yeah the okay. turning of of Ben Solo. Okay. Ben, ben right. never fell to the force until he was 23 years old, which is pretty impressive considering there's a demon in your head. Yeah. If there was a demon in my head, I would have fallen a long time before that, especially if I had the power. It's like being able to drink at the age of six and not being able to know what to do with that kind of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing about a lot of people with the force is that they get awakened older, like with Ray. Right. But the people that are burdened with the force from birth, it's such a heady... I mean, he doesn't... It, it, it's like I said, it's like it's like being able to drink at age of six. It's like, how do I even handle this kind of responsibility? We don't we don't look at it from Ben's point of view oftentimes. He's never known a day in his life where there wasn't someone talking to him in his head. He's never known a day in his life where he wasn't burdened with the power of the Force. Where all he now wanted was, to do... Was he ever confused because he has that line in The Force Awakens about... Um, show me, grandfather. Show me the ways of the the dark side. Now, was that actually Anakin slash Vader? Was that more you know, Snoke manipulation? Was that one of my favorite? That's one of my favorite lines because we forget the most important word in that statement. He says, "Show me again the power of the dark side." That means that implies that he was that it happened before. before. Yeah, right. The word again is the most important word in that entire statement. So something happened. It might have been Snoke confusing Ben into thinking his grandfather was talking to him. But they don't explain it. But but we do know that he's been shown something magnificent that he's, right. he thinks. And we also know that Ben was born with 50-50 proclivity towards light and dark side of the force. This is unheard of. And if you look at Wikipedia, they explain the difference between force users and skywalkers. Force users are either when they start the good, right, the light, and once they fall into the dark side, forever it dominates their destiny. Once they fall, there's no coming out. It's like, it's like falling into the event horizon of a black hole. You can't get out. And um, with Ben, though, with the Skywalkers, they can move either which way. That's what makes them the Joker cards of this galaxy. And um, and uh, so 
with Ben being born with a 50-50 proclivity towards light and dark, that's impressive because what does that mean for the galaxy? No one's ever had that kind of ability. And um, and you notice that with, you know, for example, when um, Ben, ben has, the, has the ability to interrogate and pull things out of people's heads. Nobody else has had that ability. Darth Vader has not had that ability. And if you think about it, he uses his empathy because he has people when they say that he's a psychopath, forget that he's full of empathy. And uh, you see it. He's always close to tears constantly. Psychopaths aren't ready to cry at the drop of a hat. And he uses empathy to get inside people's heads. But once he's inside their head, he switches to the dark force and then pulls it and shoves it out of their head. So every time he uses the dark side and pulls it out of their head, that empathy tears him apart and creates a very unstable young man. And that's, that's really, really an impressive story arc. <laughs> you can go a lot of ways with that. I know I'm not really talking about the other two main characters, Ray and Finn a lot, but they have interesting arcs too. But when it, with regards to Ben, we forget that Ben is the Skywalker of this trilogy. That's been said by Kathleen Kennedy. That's been said by J.J. Abrams. That's been said by Ryan Johnson, Pablo Hidalgo. They've all said it. I'm not sure why it's not you know clicking inside the fandom's heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so would you say that the, that the sequel trilogy is Ben's story or is it Ray's yes. story? No, it's Ben's story. Ray is a... He, I, I wouldn't say she's a misdirection. <laughs> she's not. She's, um, she's part of powerful light, powerful dark. She's his equal. When, um, when he was created, there had to have been something that was created to equal and opposite. And the Force is always seeking a cosmic balance. And for the longest time, the Jedi thought that balance meant an absence of dark. Well, through all, all of the trilogies, we discovered that balance actually probably means light and dark working together. Look at the picture of the prime Jedi within the first Jedi temple. It was half light, half dark, and a seemingly endless, perfect balance. So, in order for, and we know it's going to be a satisfying ending, because Trevor Rowe said it himself, and um, they've had the ending planned from the beginning. I don't care how they expect to get there, but they've always had the skeleton created of the story. And it's going to be a satisfying ending because it's a Skywalker ending. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, it's a Skywalker story. What's the point? So then we'll have a satisfying ending. And that means that (laughs) (laughs) then we'll have a satisfying ending, which means because he has to complete and take the Skywalker family across the finish line. He can't do that alone. He needs his equal in the light. Together, they create a prime Jedi. They create a connection that that brings a circle together. So Rey is very important. And her story is not diminished at all by the fact that the trilogy is actually Ben's story. Um, This is also her story. Part of... um, realizing that a lot of times when you have like really, really intelligent, well-done story arcs, you find out at the end that it was actually someone else's story that you're looking at. You know, and mm-hmm. this is kind of what's happening in this movie. They're showing Ray, and they're showing you know the story through her eyes. Kind of like C-3PO and R2-D2 through the original trilogy, but it wasn't, her, it wasn't their story. And you're seeing the story through Ray's eyes a lot, but it's not her story. This is a story of the Skywalker's and only one Skywalker is left to bring it across the finish line. 
and which is interesting also, can I just throw this one thing in, is that my favorite part in Bloodline was Han and Leia were having this very special moment. They're curled up, you know, in C-shapes in bed, and in between them is baby bed. He's like all gaga, goo goo, whatever. <laughs> and uh, Han and Ben, Han and Leia are talking about their future and about how one day they're going to have a legacy and they're going to have many grandbabies and blah, blah, blah. And we know that Ryan Johnson had input into this story. And, and Han and Han mentions to Leia, I will never live long enough to see my grandchildren. And then he looks at Leia and says, You foreshadowing that Leia will one day live to see Ben's grand, Ben's children, her grandchildren. I don't really know that they're planning on killing off Leia, even with passing a Carrie Fisher in episode nine. There's tons to keep her alive <laughs> um, to, to and through the end of episode nine. Mm-hmm. People just need to think imaginatively. <laughs> Yeah, but there's tons of ways to do it, especially, especially with using her archive archive footage and using long distance shots, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, they can show that and show her in the end. Yeah, and and not only but that, but, anyway. but with uh, like exposition from other characters as well, yeah, yeah. like saying, "Oh, she's doing this," or you know, "She couldn't be here for this reason." Um, I think they have pretty easy outs with that, and also in novels are the perfect place uh, to keep her character alive. I know. Um, it for a lot of fans who don't read the books, it's kind of unfair to them, but uh, it, it's a good way to keep that character alive beyond the movies. Um, but but yeah, I, and I know we talked about this too. But my one thing is that I really want to see what happens to somebody like Ben uh, after everything goes down. I don't want him to die because we've seen that. I don't think time he and will. Time again. I really. I hope don't. he doesn't. I hope it, he doesn't. It is, it's not, people confuse me with being a Ben stan, you know, save Ben Solo, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but really, it's more of a logical conclusion that I'm coming up with. It's just that it makes better sense if he stays alive. And everyone's like, well, how can he live with the cruel crimes that he's done? I want to know what crimes has he, has he done that barely even on a scale with Darth Vader. You know, we have the we have the beginning with Lawrence Tentaka. We have the very personal crime of Pat, but as far as a galactic scale, remember the leg- the, the legitimacy lies with um, the the First Order. They are legitimate of this galaxy. The resistance, the rebellion, is like twelve people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it was like, oh well, there's going to be a trial. He's going to be exiled. He's going to be whatever. And that's not how fairy tales work. That's how the real life works. That's how Game of Thrones works. That's not how high fantasy, high end fairy tales work. They're 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 microcosms of the human condition. And um, he won't he won't face a trial. He won't face what he'll face is a death and a rebirth. They foreshadowed it multiple times in the last Jedi. Rebirth was the main theme in that. He will be reborn probably by Rey into a new being. Being into being Ben Solo again or a new name. So that's, that's just my take. <laughs> yeah. And when he does get reborn, he will have to carry some mark of what he's done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's t- various theories as to what that is. 
Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, talk a little bit about that, because I remember you were telling me what you think it is uh, oh, way back. Oh, my personal... Yeah. 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 <laughs> my personal headcanon theory is they foreshadowed in The Last Jedi when he says, I can't see anyone else, only you, or something to like. And, um, and really, if you think about it, when he is reborn... Um, one of the marks, the mark that he might have to carry is blindness. Um, and that could, that has heavy foreshadowing within the last of that. And he would, and blindness is something that, you know, with a force he can live with. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not necessary. But right. it could be because he has to carry some kind of burden with him throughout the rest of his life, you know, for, for the crimes he's committed, even though the crimes were while he's under the thrall, he's enslaved to a dark lord. Everyone thinks it's so easy for him to leave it's not mm-hmm. i mean put yourself in his shoes he has nowhere to go when he was fighting this dark demon in his head um, and he was thinking winning by staying with luke luke goes into his hut and, try- and he runs off and he's like i have nowhere to go essentially he was forced into the arms of snoke he doesn't think he has anywhere else to go and ray is a ray that, of hope <laughs> giving him a place to go. And one of the reasons I think that Leia was supposed to have such a strong arc in this was because um, in Greco-Roman mythology, the mother is something that is very revered. Fathers oftentimes will have the young prince who commits patricide in order to take his father's crown. But nobody in the history of ever, you know, in being a hero or even a good bad bad guy has ever killed their mother. Stalin never killed his mother. <laughs> I mean, it's the boys don't kill their moms. And if he had killed his mom, I would have said something totally different. I would have said, nope, he's in the dark side. Mm-hmm. But because he didn't, that is telling everybody, that is informing everybody that according to Greco-Roman and in Carl Jung and in psychology, he will be redeemed. I am so excited I for episode dropped- 9. <laughs> we only have a year and a half to wait so yeah that's like, not gonna be a problem <laughs> and I, I i just i really while as as Gwenny just pointed out like we have a lot of these um themes that we can kind of follow and and it'll lead us to pretty much the conclusion that uh that he will be redeemed and and we, we kind of have a really thin framework as to as to what's going to happen but um i just want to know how everything's going to be done and i know I, I forgot who i was talking to but they know somebody pretty close to uh the production right now and they said that we're gonna see like stuff we've never seen before in a star wars movie um with episode nine and i'm curious as to what that is whether it's I think just it, whatever it is, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and well, and good. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad that we're going to see stuff that we've never seen in a, in a Star Wars movie mm-hmm. before. It it it's 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 one of the things you want to. It's one of the things you want to see in a Star Wars movie. And I, again, I, I don't. I feel like I'm bashing on the Force Awakens. I'm really not. But there's so much <laughs> no, in the, the Force, Force Awakens. Was an homage, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's so much. In, like I remember, I watched that, and then like a couple of weeks later, I was sitting with. I think you know. I, yeah, I went and saw my sister for Christmas, and we we were up and we were drinking, and we we popped in Revenge of the Sith, and 
I was watching it and I was like, there's nothing in The Force Awakens like the worlds and the places that they visit in the prequels. I mean, it, say what you want about the prequels. You hadn't seen anything like those planets and sets before in a Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and, and just a lot of The Force Awakens is, is sort of derivative of the old movies. And I love The Force Awakens. I, I mean, I, I think it's a really great movie. Yeah. Um, so to know that J.J. is going to do some things that we haven't seen yet in now 10 films is really is exciting even if it's just and i mean that more than just planet and set and creature wise i mean story wise i'd like to see something we haven't tackled mm-hmm. in 10 in 10 films yeah no yeah absolutely um and and i one thing that i, I forget if i was talking to you about it jason but um i would love to see uh stuff that we've seen in like Clone Wars and Rebels, as far as the more I don't want to spoil anything for for Gwendy since she hasn't seen it, but more of the, <laughs> more, of the more uh, kind of Force centric, more mystical stuff that I think would be really cool to see on screen. Uh, and and while it'll be hard to explain in you know a two hour and twenty minute movie, um, like a little mention. You kind of want to pick the thing that would be easiest to explain in the least amount of time, uh, right? And and I like, think there's like Darth in, Maul in in Solo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Which blew my mind because I was like, "What the? What, what's going on?" I thought he was dead. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> say this: <laughs> Wendy, now you have to watch Clone Wars. <laughs> I have to because why is this dude alive? <laughs> he didn't have a pelvis. How do you live without a pelvis? Okay. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, like like so, something like that, I think would be would be cool to to put in there. But um, as far as episode nine as a whole, I mean, aside from what we talked about, I really have no clue what they're gonna do. I just know that um, Kylo Ren can't die, uh, just because I I want to see what that looks like. I want to see what if um, he what... dies, it would be completely derivative of Darth Vader dying. Yeah, exactly, it... and that's what I don't want. Yeah. Because no. I would be exactly. like, man, we saw this already. Gonna die. Yeah, yeah. And if the other two options is he lives and he's bad, well, that would complete the Skywalker arc in a completely crappy way. Uh-huh. They're not going to go there either. That mm-hmm. leaves one option. <laughs> he's going to yeah. live, and it's good, or, or it's good in a way that's creating doubt. So good could mean satisfaction, satisfaction to multiple areas of fandom. He doesn't have to. And I'll never think that Ben will always be all good. He never will. Never. He can't. He'll always be like 80-20. Like 80% good, 20% bad. Whereas, I mean, sorry, bad, good. And then Ray would be the opposite. Right. Because the two have to fit like a key, you know? Right. And a uh, mm-hmm. key in a keyhole. <clears throat> so her, him being redeemed, I'm not sure if we're thinking in the right terms. Why does he have to be redeemed? Why can't he just be himself and be accepting of himself? grow and become a better person mm-hmm. with accepting the light and dark inside of him. Because what are fairy tales? If nothing but a reflection of the human condition. What these stories are trying to tell us is that we all have to accept the light and dark inside of all of us. Mm-hmm. Nobody is all light on earth. Nobody is all dark. We're a mixture of light and dark. And Ben and Ray together, they, they exemplify what it means to accept the light and dark within all of us. Because why? Because this is a fairy tale. 
this is not a one-for-one one correlate with life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I can't put it in, in better words. I don't know, Jason, if you want to take a stab at that. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sorry. like... And Finn, everyone's like, whoa, whoa, what about Finn? Finn's getting the... No, he's not. Finn's going to have a great arc. We can talk about that later, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, because in the beginning of the Force Awakens, they introduced there's a trio. Everyone's like, "What's the trio?" The trio is Finn, Finn, Ray, and Poe, right? No, because they introduce in the Force Awakens three characters in the beginning. All three characters are introduced in masks. They show Ray in her only mask in the entire movie, and they introduce Kylo in his mask. They introduce Finn in his mask. What are the three characters they have in common? One of them is that they all all feel abandoned or don't have a family. Uh, the other commonality is that they're all virgins. <laughs> Finn is just as virginal as Ben and Ray are. Um, you know, Adam Driver even expl- even asked in the last Jedi, had this guy even kissed a girl? Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't act like he has. Right. And no, if you're getting the vibe that he's kind of virginal, it's because he is. <laughs> and Ray obviously is and so and Finn is too and the other third commonality is that they're all trying to find their place in the universe in the galaxy none of them know where they fit mm-hmm. whereas Poe he, he was introduced maskless he was he's obviously a man of the world <laughs> he's been around right and he knows right and he knows his place all three reasons for why Finn is part of the secondary character trio not the primary so Finn and Ray and and Ben slash Kylo are the trio of the trilogy. Well, I was I'm, that just makes me think about get... the the last um, trailer they had for the Force Awakens, and they had little narrations. It's Ray, it's Finn, and it's Kylo. Yes, and look who's build. <laughs> Adam Driver. Look, he has the first billing in both movies. Behind, I mean, ahead of Daisy Ridley, and everyone. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is this is anti this is anti-feminist. Blah. Well, to throw in politics in this, I'm just saying bullcrap. It's nothing to do with feminism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has to do with the fact that M Driver represents the Skywalker of the trilogy. Well, he's also done some stuff before well, the Star Wars too. movies too. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but in the movie, but a lot of time, but a lot of people haven't seen the things that I never knew who Adam Driver was before. I never watched Girls. Yeah, I never. Knew I, d- I didn't watch Girls either, but I knew he was on Girls, and I had, I think I saw a couple of movies that came out. He's actually a very good actor. Oh yeah, uh, brilliant. A movie, um, yeah. Midnight Special, where he's yeah, so again, he's just he's the government guy, right? You, you, yeah. And uh, there's a movie that came out last year called Logan Lucky, where he's. He's a oh, vet. He's brilliant. With, he's great in that. Yeah, he's great in those movies. You know, so um, you know my whole Adam, my ahead. whole thing Sorry. about him, whether or not he lives at the end of nine, has very little to do with thematic themes. I just don't know if if he's like I don't if he's going to still want to make Star Wars movies. Do you know what I mean? Like he, it just seems like yes, Adam Driver actor. It seems you know. I don't think yeah, he hates it, but Harrison- I think. Right. But I think, but I think he wants to do different kinds of movies and different roles and different kinds He's of movies. He's on a Harrison Ford arc, you know. Yeah. Honestly, this this guy is going places. Yeah. And um, Star Wars is just part of the vehicle for it. He's rather more of a theatrical character slash method actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. remember, when they say end of the Skywalker saga, it doesn't mean 
this is where I'm going to throw this in here. The end of the Skywalker saga does not mean the future past you know, linearly, the episode nine story. This doesn't mean that Skywalkers are not in the story. They're just part of the major cameos. They're part of the major art. Um, every once in a while you see them and then they, they disappear. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's other people's stories to remove Skywalkers completely from the story would be, would, would, <laughs> it would be suicide. I mean, look at the, look at the, um, the first uh, Rogue One, for example. I mean, it was a good movie. Good movie. Good, good, good. And then, boom, the Skywalkers were there. Darth Vader, Leia. Woo! Like, you heard the entire audience go nuts. Um, that's because, why? Because the Skywalkers entered the story. So, um, I, I don't believe that the end of the Skywalker saga means the end of the Skywalkers. It just means the end of them as the major care of the story. Mm. To take them out of the galaxy would be like to take the galaxy out of the, you know what I mean? It, right, right. It, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So so you think, uh, in, you know, whether or not the new trilogies with Benioff and Weiss and Ryan Johnson, whether or not they're going to be uh, in the same, you know, timeline um, where, right. where these characters would be be in um you'd think that they'd appear kind of in a marvel-esque fashion like um kind of showing up here and there uh, yes, in, in some pop, of these movies pop in and out of the story they'll, mm-hmm. they'll pop in and out to show to give wisdom or to do some kind of badass thing like what vader did you know right. in that tunnel uh, the hallway yeah uh because that that will be a climactic moment and mm-hmm. and so no there won't be no more skywalkers after episode nine Right, right. Uh, you can take that to the bank. I mean, I will go ahead and eat my hat if I'm wrong <laughs> on that. <laughs> I'm writing that down. And, and, and I, she will right. <laughs> eat her hat August 5th. Okay. I, I will cut my hair and give it to locks of love. Uh, oh. Because that's the better thing <laughs> if well, I'm wrong. <laughs> well, now I kind of hope because that's a really good charity. I know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> now I hope they don't. Never mind. <laughs> And in a way, Sorry, what you ahead. just said uh, kind of has already – they've already paved the way for that, uh, you know, assuming that they do movies between um, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. They've already recasted Han Solo, so they could easily recast, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker and, and Leia if they, if they needed to and if they wanted to do those stories. Once – right. Once the episodic films are done, yes. Yeah. No one's going to accept anything other than Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford in the episodic film. Right, right. But, at, but after that, it, it's, it's open season. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I, think yeah. That was, I think that was another sort of testing the waters thing for, for Solo, too, is if they could, you know, recast Han Solo, you know, and do it, I mean, you know, with another actor and still have people be on board with it. Um, and I think and the reaction. I think people did. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I thought he was great in it. And I, you know, I'm I, Han Solo is one of my favorite characters in all of the movies, and so. Oh, is it? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I got. So I got. I didn't get nervous once I started seeing clips from the movie. I felt better. But that first trailer, where like he doesn't talk except for like maybe twice. Yeah. Like, wait, is he like? Does he have? <laughs> is he have, like a real high pitched voice or something? Why are they letting this guy talk? <laughs> and I just think they were scared. But what, like, but once you see the movie, it takes all of about oh god! I mean, it, it takes all of about ten, ten seconds. Yeah, ten seconds into that right. movie, they're like, yeah, this is this is Han Solo. It's just a different actor playing him. But he's like, 
there's enough that it's not an impression. It's a right. lot like what Ewan McGregor did with Alec Guinness. It's like Ewan McGregor's not doing an impression of Alec Guinness in those movies, but he took enough of what Alec Guinness did. Right. And peppered it through his sort because, of his own interpretation. Who, who is the real right? Who is the real ben, I mean Obi Wan Kenobi? Who is the real Han Solo? Was it was it Han Solo at age nineteen when he was full of life and hope, or was it Han Solo at the age twenty nine when he meets Luke Skywalker when he's jaded when he's more like a Thomas when he's more like Beckett? Yeah, right. Yeah, and, know, and, and it's funny. I think more people <laughs> now think of, when they think of Obi Wan Kenobi, they think of Ewan McGregor than they do. Alec Guinness, which is odd because even me, an original OG. Yeah, no, I, I think I mean, yeah. I mean, my would... yeah, it's it I mean, it's also a testament to what a good job Ewan McGregor did. I, I watched something. I only watched it on YouTube because I, I thought they'd ask him the question. But like in every interview, when Ewan McGregor has a new movie coming out, they're like, "So, do you want to go back to Star Wars?" And he's always like, "Yeah," but they have to tell me what we're doing. I'm like, I you know. It's like, I'm not fishing for a job, but if they called me tomorrow and said, do you want to come be Obi-Wan? He's like, yeah, sure. So. Oh, they're so, so going to make you and McGregor part of the story one day. <laughs> I, I, I would really like to, so. I would like to see him in, in episode nine as a force ghost. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think people would have a problem with, with that. Of all of the grief that the prequels get, nobody ever had a problem with you and McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. No. Like, I never heard anybody complain about him as Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> His career suffered the least yeah. <laughs> of everyone, and yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we we could we could go on and on and on about <laughs> episode nine speculation, uh, and and yeah, I mean, th- there's a lot of stuff that that I want to see. I mean, you know, Force Ghosts. I want to see a big battle. I want to see that climactic end to to episode nine. Um, but above all, I just want. I don't know, like, man, it, it, it's hard because we really, all we have is a set photo um, or a production photo from JJ that is just like a shot of a camera lens uh, looking into the, the cockpit of the Falcon and you see Finn and Chewie there um, and JJ, I and, think, piloting. And Ray. Is, is it, it JJ or is it Ray? Yeah, it's JJ because I, I see the collared button down. Uh, oh, did yeah. you picture himself? I thought yeah. it was Ray. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's sitting there. I guess probably talking and giving direction. Uh, right. But now I gotta look at it again. I thought for sure it was all right. Yeah. So somebody pointed. I'm it out. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> somebody pointed it out, and I'm like, oh yeah, that is JJ. Um, but yeah, like I just gotta see, once I see that first trailer, which I'm hoping they follow the the Force Awakens. Um, you know, release schedule as far as trailers and whatnot. I hope we get one this November, because I remember we got the first teaser in November of 2014 for The Force Awakens. So if they follow that, we'll get one there, one at Celebration in uh, April, the full trailer in October, and then the movie in December. Um, but you know, for me, that that's all I got. Do you guys want to add anything else? Oh, uh, to the specu- nine spec. I'm looking at the picture now. That could be Ray, but you're right. It could be JJ too. Just just because a- his posture seems, it seems like his posture. Yeah. It seems like JJ, at least to me. But yeah, but it's so funny because I'll I'll one thing, one alibi. But uh, JJ, people give him a bad rap for just because of the Force Awakens for being right. more of a nostalgic, homogic, you know, kind of kind of director. They forget JJ is is brilliant when it comes to 
uh, bizarre yeah. <laughs> endings and weird things yeah. happening in the stories. Yeah. And I think he yeah. could bring it around in a nice, a nice circle, a nice arc that would be satisfactory to the majority, you know, quote unquote, of the fans. I mean, nobody's going to be completely happy, but. Mm-hmm. No, there's well, there's already the majority. there were already people who were unhappy that he was coming back. So it's like you're never oh, gonna. Yeah. I think that's the other thing too is you just we just have to sign just kind of go. You know what? We're not great. There's nothing that Star Wars is going to do it ever please. that's going to please everyone. Right. Never. Um, I was on Twitter this week and um, somebody was talking about somebody was talking about you know things that people hate in Star Wars movies and I was like you know I'm old enough to remember when the the quote unquote Ewoks ruined Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so they thought it was awful. They thought Star Wars was dead because of the Ewoks. <laughs> the Ewoks is you know like and to this day, you, every now and then somebody will make a, a snarky comment about the Ewoks, and it's like, it's, so there are OG original trilogy fans who really only like about maybe two movies. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, out of the People ten. Forget. Yeah, so, people forget that Empire Strikes Back was hated when it first came out. I mean, they hated it, both critically and from a fandom point of view. They wrote angry letters <laughs> to George I know, Lucas. So you had to kind of like, like, can you imagine if there was like YouTube channels on when the Empire Strikes oh Back God. came out? <laughs> YouTube channels, which may George Lucas has ruined the last named. years for me. <laughs> They ruined my childhood. I'm calling for the head of Erwin <laughs> Kirshner. Yeah. Oh, oh I don't even want to think gosh, about that. Yes. Oh, <laughs> but in a way, you can kind of laugh about it. I mean, you yeah, really yeah. Because now, because it's, you know, honestly, you know everybody yeah. says their favorite movie, or most people says their favorite movie is um, is the is Empire. But yeah, at yeah. the time, but I remember when did. before before Empire came out, a couple of friends of mine saw it, and I was like, "What happens?" and they were like, Han Solo dies and Luke gets his arm cut off. I'm like, what? You know? Yes. And you know how there's shippers? <laughs> well, the majority of the people at the at the beginning of the 80s shipped um, with Leia with, with Luke. Because they were, quote unquote, unproblematic. You know, because uh, Han was more of a... A smuggler, a bad guy. He was always saying rude things to her. He was abusive, whatever. And, um, yeah. and it's so funny because one angry letter called him Hot Lips Han. Like, how dare you put her with Hot Lips Han <laughs> when, when she could be <laughs> when she could be with such a good a good guy like Luke. <laughs> yeah, but they turned everybody around in Jedi. They're like, wait, it's her brother. Like, no, that's okay. She could be with Han. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> they forget. That the majority of the stories, they they that's the whole point. They're supposed to be angry and start conversations with the with the more quote unquote problematic characters. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning of the Force Awakens, everyone's like, "Oh no, she'll never get with Kylo Ren. They'll never have a connection." And then what happens? But last night they have a connection. That the best part, oftentimes, that they'll state about last night is the fight in a throne room between Kylo Ren and Rey and the Praetorian Guard. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, woo! And everyone forgot that just a few months prior, they were stating, no, no way. They'll never right. get together. Right. Well, that was the, the big, that was the big gasp moment of the, of the, the last trailer was the, it looked like, yeah. you know, Kylo and Rey were going to team up. 
And I was like, yeah. <gasps> no, but what? No. And then they did. They kind of did. When they, they did. did. Yeah. And when they did, everyone was cheering. And mm-hmm. then when, when Ray says, don't do this, Ben, it was like as if the audience was like, don't do this, Ben. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even the audience was like, no, Ben, no. That moment oh, was very much like an, an addicty kind of moment. It was like, it was kind of like, it was like, you know, Ben had given up, had given up drugs and he was, and like, at the end You're of the right. fight, it was like, like, all right, let's go get high. And she's like, no, don't do this. We just, we just had this whole no, thing. No, you're right. <laughs> in a way, you are completely right. Because this is the first moments in Ben's life that he's never had a demon inside his head. And people forget that because the story is purposely being told from Ray's point of view. Ben is not ready. If Ben had gone with Ray at the end of the last, it would have shown him him being with dog to another person because Ray went to left to the ship to change him to right. change who he was what he needs is someone who accepts him and um, so the fact she failed is actually a good sign for the third movie um, if Ben had gone with Ray we all would have lost respect for Ben because um, Ben is one once again, listening to somebody, Ben is finally taking control of his own agency for the first time ever in the trilogy. What's he do with it? He completely mucks it up, but it's nevertheless yeah. his own agency. And he's going to learn. And that's the point. We as an audience will learn along with Ben. There's a, there was a rumor that came out months and months and months ago. And I would say take any rumor um, with a grain of salt because I think it was a Reddit rumor. But supposedly one of the the rumors around episode nine is that um, Kylo is a benevolent leader of the first order. I have thoughts on that. <laughs> if you're okay with it. I know I'm hijacking this whole no, thing. No, 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 you're fine. It's my, it's my first podcast. So I'm super excited. And nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, there's a, there's a reason for that. And, uh, Okay. Go back to what you were originally saying, and I can re- respond to that. Oh, just that he was that the Kylo was supposed to be a benevolent, um, right? Dictator, I guess. And <laughs> if you look at the very Despot. last shot of Kylo, right? If you look, look at the very last shot of Kylo, you see him in what's called the penitent position. Um, in in filmmaking, the penitent position is where the light is shining behind someone who's usually in dark. And the camera is above the person, and the person is directly in the center of the camera, and the camera is shooting down at the person. That person is on both knees. That is called the penitent position. And if you think about it, um, Luke, he had, he had two purposes when he went to, when he projected himself to create. One of them was to, re, to rebirth the rebellion. The other was to non-violently, in the most Jedi way possible, give Ben a reason, an outage for his anger and hate. I mean, Ben has a legitimate reason to be angry at Luke. And you see it in his very teenage and adolescent way. He's like, I'm sure you are, when Luke says I'm sorry. I mean, you can honestly see your own 17-year-old kid yelling at you the same way. Right. (laughs) And, um, and that's on purpose because, and you see that moment when Luke, you know, disappears and Kylo realizes that 
Luke died. Because he foreshadows in the beginning of the movie that if you project yourself across the galaxy, you'll die as a result. And he realizes that Luke will die. And you see in his face, because Adam Driver is such a good actor, that um, he's really sad. He realizes that this is the last moment he has with his uncle. And his uncle says, see you around, kid. Which is a practical assurance that Mark Hamill's in the next movie. <laughs> well, that in the press release. Be... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that. <laughs> but he was always going to be the next trilogy because oh, he yeah. promised to haunt Ben and he's going to talk to Ray. But, um, but one of the biggest reasons for why I believe Ben will be a benevolent leader, or at least a more balanced leader, is because Luke succeeded in his second goal, which people don't talk about much. And that is his goal of getting the anger and hate out of Ben. And why do I believe that his anger and hate is gone? Because of the penitent position. The way that he was framed in his last shot, on both knees, his head down, the center of the shot, the camera looking down on him, the light behind him. This means that he has lost all of his anger. The dice that was projected to him by Leia, who has regained her hope you see how they're going to use the Force Awakens, Leia, and not the last Jedi, Leia? Because <laughs> yeah. she's regained her hope. And this shows that, that Ben has lost his anger at his uncle. He's essentially, the Skywalker is telling Ben, look, you're okay. You're okay the way you are. Whatever way you go, we'll accept it. As opposed to all of his life, the Skywalker is saying, you're going to go this way. I'm going to stop it before it happens and not giving him a chance. And so the penitent position at the end of The Last Jedi, to me, states that he will, in the, this episode 9, be a, a, at least a more stable ruler. If well, you get right. Yeah, no, that's, no, that'd be, no, that's good. He's lost his anger and hate. It's all gone. You know, he hid at this, this fake Luke, this real Luke, but, but he, he got all of it out and... Um, and to me, and remember, he never wanted to lead anyway. He didn't care about the first order. And um, at least to me, that means that um, you're going to see a very new Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. Cool. Next movie. I know it's going right. to be really, really fun. It's going to be lots of fun to see that happen. It's going to add a whole new element to this battle and what happens in Hux. The way Hux looks at him in the last moment, that snarl and that anger. Yeah. It's fun. All right, I think that's all. David had to cut out, but so I think that's all for uh, for this week. Thanks everybody for um, for listening. Um, if you have letters, I think followers of the force at Gmail, or you can also hit us up on Twitter um, if you have any questions about the show or questions about Star Wars theories that you would like to see us discuss. That'd be great. Uh, but until next week, I am Jason Williams, and you are Wendy Wren. <laughs> Wendy Wren, and uh, for David, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. Bye. May the force be with you.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.